When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Joel. Hi, Em. When I tell you I have not stopped singing Stars Are Blind. When I tell you I have not stopped thinking about Paris Hilton. Are you guys watching Paris in Love? Because if not, it's so necessary you do simply for the sake of us processing it together. It's really, forget about being must-watch TV. It's like must-watch and then process TV. I have so many thoughts swirling through my mind. No, it is imperative that everybody does. It, Em, I'm not even kidding when I tell you that I was watching the last episode of season two of Paris in Love, genuinely distraught that it was over, and then had the thought come to mind that like, well, at least if I'm going to be on crutches with a broken leg, as long as I am going to be on crutches with a broken leg, at least the possibility that I'll be on them for so long that another season of Paris and Love could come back within that time frame is like keeping me going. And by the way, another season of Kardashians, that's also possible given, True. <laughs> given the new development and how long this crutch situation is going to last. I mean- I'm so embarrassed to say this out loud because this is absolutely fucking crazy if you know us at all. But I texted Julian Isabel. I did it in Invisible Ink because I couldn't even bear really saying it out loud. And I was like, I think it's possible Paris and Love may be equally as good, if not better than Kardashians. Okay. When you texted that, I hadn't finished the season yet. And I've been thinking about that text a lot. And I'm glad you brought it up because I'm prepared to respond to it now. I'm glad to hear that because I know it was kind of a batshit crazy thing to say. What I think it is, is that you can't even compare the two. And I understand the want to because they are both episodic documentary style reality TV shows of two very famous people. And by the way, two very famous people that exist kind of in the same orbit. Kim and Paris are very good friends. Chris and Kim show up a lot on the show because Kathy and Chris are very, very close. Like I understand the inherent nature of attempting to compare the two, but you really can't. No, it's true. In all fairness, you really can't. And I think before getting into any other reasons, the number one being the Kardashians have been in our lives for 20 plus seasons, 15 plus years. Watching that in terms of just our familiarity with the family is a completely different experience than really learning the Hiltons. Well, what I think it is, is that the Kardashians are interesting Yes, their family dynamic is fucking fascinating, but their family dynamic has been apparent to us and something that we've known for 15 plus years. There aren't surprises there anymore. So basically with the Kardashians, the reason that it's fascinating to us is because of their fame level. To be able to see the behind the scenes of what they do and the way they interact with each other and the way they talk 
and their conversations based on what we see in the media is what is so incredible about the Kardashians. There are moments that genuinely still shock me, but not because it's anything new, but because we are so obsessed with the family that to be able to see the behind the scenes of what we are so obsessed with is the magic of the show. Right. And also because we've been watching for so long, there's a nostalgic element there that can't be ignored in the sense of even if we're not learning anything new about these dynamics, we fall in love all over again with just witnessing them. Yes, exactly. And what I was picking up on when I was watching Paris in Love and understanding Paris Hillen and the dynamic of her and Carter and her and Kathy and her and Nikki is the reason that it was fascinating wasn't because they were famous. Like I wasn't fascinated because I was watching a famous person before my eyes. I was fascinated because the extent of their fame and the way they grew up created the most fascinating dynamics that you would ever see in your life. But it was because of these insane dynamics that you were watching that the show is so addicting. It's not because they're famous. And that's the difference. What I think it is between the Kardashians and Paris and love Kardashians are interesting because they're famous. Paris and love is interesting because they operate in a way that is entirely foreign to anybody, whether they're famous or not. They're, they operate in a way that would be entirely foreign to the Kardashians. I know. If I found out that the Johnson family down the street had that type of relationship going on in terms of what goes down in conversations within their family, I swear to God, I'd be just as interested. I'd have Andy and a camera there tomorrow. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, also, you know, I mean, there's so much here. I'm having trouble even organizing my thoughts, but I think something that I want to acknowledge upfront before really diving in is that, I know I can speak for both of us in saying that it is also personally so dissimilar from the way that I know our families operate in terms of just like the openness of communication. And I am sure there are a lot of people watching that even though they can't relate to being a Hilton, they can relate to that type of avoidance and you know just a lot of the other things that are at play in terms of some of the difficulties with voicing things. Additionally, I would say it was jarring for me because that's not really something I'm familiar with in my own family. Yeah, no, it, it did. It did feel entirely foreign. And I will say even like, you are another level of open with everybody, I would say. Like there are very few guards that you have up in terms of your conversations with people and what you're willing to share. Like you are not somebody that ever shies away from confrontation. I don't mean that in a bad way. You're not a confrontational person, but if something needs to be confronted, you are very, very comfortable with the ability to have those conversations. I would say that I am less confrontational and more avoidant than you are. And there is a possibility that prior to having watched the way that Paris and Kathy operate, that I would have even described us as being on opposite ends of the spectrum with that. After seeing the way that they operate, I would say that I am far closer in my abilities and my willingness to you than I am to them. I've never seen avoidance like that. Listen, I am very aware as you are of the fact that these types of interactions and this style of communication certainly exists in families. The Hiltons are not a rarity, but I've just never witnessed it up close and personal. And I think this show specifically because of the way that it's filmed really has a very intimate feel. So you're seeing something, even if you had a friend whose family operated like this, you wouldn't get this type of a look. Your friend's not giving you a closet style confessional with her sister talking about the way that their mom communicates, you know, you're, you're getting a look into their lives that you would not get with, forget about another famous person, anyone in your own life. So I think that it certainly plays a role. 
And I also just want to add in, in terms of just generally why I think we were both so taken by this show is because of the way Paris Hilton has been so cemented in our orbit pop culture wise forever. I mean, I didn't know pop culture ever without knowing Paris Hilton. She has always been to me synonymous with pop culture. And so, you know, last season we got to know her a little bit better, certainly in a way that we never got to know her before. But this season, it was a completely other level because there was a real vulnerability there, not just with reprocessing so much of her trauma, but the journey of her becoming a mother and everything that surrounded that for her emotionally, being able to then share that with the camera. There were times when you felt like you couldn't believe you were allowed to witness it, or at least that's how I felt. The way that I would have described it is that I was blown away by the honesty while also acknowledging the fact that so much of the show and so much of what we were being privy to was not a conscious honesty. Do you know what I mean? So there were so many moments that we were watching the show, especially with Paris's journey into becoming a mother and Paris's conversation with, with Kathy and Kathy, the way that she operates, where I'm like, wow, I, I can't believe they're allowing us to see this. Like, I can't believe they're allowing us in these moments of their lives. And I'm not talking about the big stuff. I'm talking about the little stuff. And then I had this moment of realization where I'm like, but they also don't fully understand why it's such a big deal. It's not hitting them in the same way that it's hitting us what the the backlash could be or what people could say about it because this is genuinely just the way that they operate. Well, because for them, that's their norm. You know, the only thing that was out of the norm was having cameras documented, but this was all very familiar in terms of the way that they communicate with one another. This was brand new to us. And so, yes, of course there were the big moments, but you're right. So many of my biggest takeaways happened from Moments I don't even think they would think were noteworthy. Yes. Okay. Also, another thing, you know that meme that's like, when they do the Olympics, they should have one normal person that's running so everybody can see like truly how impressive it is and like what the comparison would be. That is what I felt like Nikki's presence was. Yes. It was like my barometer of normalcy. Well, right, because Nikki is factually the only other daughter of Kathy and Rick Hilton. And while in many ways she did not have the same upbringing as Paris, because obviously she did not go to Provo, did not experience the trauma that Paris endured there, but they had the same parents, they had the same socioeconomic status, they had the same people surrounding them. They grew up in a lot of ways very similarly, and they have so many shared experiences. And so I trusted her reaction to situations in some ways more than mine, because This is all very familiar to her. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. I came to the realization recently that I was just like desperately in need of a closet clean out because 
You know, when you're getting ready and you just can't find anything, you have so many things that you don't even wear that you can't find the stuff that you do wear. And it's just like a chaotic and unenjoyable process. That was me. I'm still, to be honest with you, in the process of cleaning out. But one of the biggest game changers for me in this process has been finding just like high quality essentials that I can mix and match with anything so that I can have less things, but the things that I have, I can wear with a lot. And I've told you guys about them before, but I think that Quince is one of the best at this in terms of just finding the high quality, affordable pieces. And they have a lot of really great sweaters. I love their Mongolian cashmere oversized boyfriend cardigans. I just find them to be so comfortable. I have them in a bunch of colors. They also have washable silk tops, which are amazing, like really easy, comfortable, high quality throw-ons that you can wear for so many different occasions. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So The way that it works is by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes that savings onto us, which is kind of like best case scenario for all involved. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. It's almost overwhelming to try to discuss this because every piece is something that I would like to deep dive. It's Paris and Carter, Paris and Kathy, Paris and Nikki, Kathy and Nikki, Kathy and Carter. Like there's not one interaction or one pairing or a combination of pairings that I'm not completely mesmerized by. And I know if we were really going to do this right, we'd probably have to individually recap each episode because there's just that much there. That's not going to happen. We are naturally going to miss things along the way, but where would you like to start? Do you know? Do you want to go for the big guns first, meaning Paris and Kathy, or you want to kind of ease in? I was going to say going for the big guns, but starting the Paris and Kathy discussion, I think with the moment of Kathy meeting the baby. Which was very emotional. Very. I cried. You cried. Like There were a lot of moments throughout the show that were highly emotional. I cannot believe how much I cried at the show. I mean, that was not something I was expecting when I turned this on. I mean, also that moment where she surprised Kathy with Phoenix, aside from being one of the crazier things that I've ever seen on television, which we can get into in a second, it was incredibly emotional because it's a level of shock that is so unbelievably unique. There are very few, if any, people that have been entirely surprised by the existence of their grandson. Right. And especially someone like Kathy Hilton, you know, as Paris said, if she was tuned into the fact that a baby was on the way, she would have been as involved as physically possible or as involved as they would have allowed her to be. So it's not as though, you you know, it's a shock for someone who maybe would have had some level of involvement it's a shock for someone who in their ideal world would have wanted to have a lot of control over the situation. Okay. I want to bring up a point, but it's going to spiral into a whole other conversation. Do I have your permission to bring it up? I'm fucking so ready. I just want you to know, I know we're going to finish this episode and we're going to be texting after and be like, we missed so much shit. I just be prepared that that's going to happen. And we specifically didn't really write notes because we wanted this to be just the most like flowing organic conversation. I know. But I'm just warning you about the frustration that I know we're both going to have after. So as long as you're fine with that, I'm down to just go in any direction this takes us. I am fine with that. Okay. The moment that I want to bring up from this is when Kathy is in confessional and she says, I know that not saying anything about the baby and keeping it a secret was Carter's idea. 
And my response to that is that I think there are a lot of interesting dynamics in Paris and Carter's relationship. I think there are some elements of control, but that was not the vibe that I got that this would have ever been Carter's idea to do. Well, here's the thing. We were being told two conflicting stories. According to Paris and Carter, it was very much Paris's decision. Carter, in theory, actually would have liked to tune his family, and that was the more, quote, normal thing to do. But he understood. He kind of had to take Paris's lead on this because of the position of fame that she's in, because of the familial dynamics there. And then you had Kathy, who had her assessment, which in her mind was a very sure one, that it was more so Carter's choosing. So it's like you have her side, his side, and then the truth. If you're asking me my read, I think it was Paris's decision that Carter agreed to and that Kathy, for her own sanity, is interpreting as Carter's decision because that's a far easier pill to swallow that her daughter's married to someone who is controlling, likes things in his way than that her own daughter purposely chose to hide it from her for whatever reason. Yeah, I think that's an incredibly fair assessment because what I picked up on between Paris and Carter and their relationship is that, like I said, I think there are certainly elements of control there. And there are certainly elements of Carter maybe taking on a more paternal role to Paris than maybe some people would want their partner to take on with them. Like, I think that there's something very attractive about being paternal, but in a way that, um, that, that creates that isn't infantilizing. And I think sometimes that can come up. However, what I think is the most notable part of their relationship is that all of the things that make Paris Paris, the good, the bad, the crazy, the outlandish, all of those things that come with just being Paris Hilton, he seems to be very on board for. He does not aim to change her or to call out the absurdity in her behavior he seems to really embrace those things and understand that that is just part of the deal. And so where his control, I think, comes in is very different than where you would expect somebody who is maybe a little controlling to come in because he doesn't attempt to use control to change her in any sort of a way. I think that part of where his control comes in is maybe in picking up on the areas where Paris maybe would lack or wouldn't necessarily have the inherent ability to do it herself or knows how crazy everything is and picks up the slack of where her schedule may be a little bit too hectic. Like that's what I was picking up on. But an idea as outlandish as not telling your mom that you have a baby on the way and then surprising her with it a week later, I think is something that he was on board with. And once he was on board, he fully enforced, but it's not something that he would have come up with on his own. I don't think in his ideal world, initially at least, that's how he would have wanted it to go down because it was also robbing him of the ability to share that with his family, which if you remember from season one, he has a very close family that he's very involved with. And I think once she explained it to him, one from the perspective of everything to do with the fame, but also from not wanting you know, the intensity of her family involved, I think he got very much on board because he's seen what it's like to be in the Hilton world. He knows what Kathy, God bless her, can be like, you know? So I actually think he felt like, wow, this is really something we can have for ourselves. And there was something for both of them that was really intimate and special about that. My thing with Carter is, first of all, having season one was very necessary because it, it 
you know, tune me into who he was. If I was, because I, I had it, listen, my, my reaction to him the first time around was like, holy shit, what's going on here? I felt I had a better understanding of him going into the season. And my, I guess my reaction to him in terms of their relationship is like, there's two sides of my brain. One that's like, holy fuck, this is one of the cringiest motherfuckers I have ever witnessed in my entire life. And then at the same time, I kind of now can't imagine her being with anyone else. You know? Like, yeah. I don't know. The, the, the two really, really coexist for me because, yeah, if you're asking me personally, you know, is he the type of guy that I would typically describe as appealing? In a lot of ways, no. Yet at the same time, I kind of feel as though it's like, the perfect match for her. The person that I would have thought Paris would have been with prior to getting to know her through this show is not the person that I would have thought now. And I actually think the amount that goes into her life, by the way, if you want to talk just logistically, the fact that her entire staff world operates out of her house, the fact that there's really no separation between you know, business and real life, the fact that a lot of her personality traits come out physically in terms of there's a tangible representation in the interior design, in the amount that she has. All of those things play a role. And there's a very specific person that is on board for that. And Carter, even with all his shit, is on board. Right. And she just needs somebody who is so unbelievably down. And like I said before, does not aim to change her in any sort of a way. Is it logical to have a house that big and have a room, one room dedicated just to your sunglasses that by the way, also doubles as the therapy room. Like everybody knows that if there's a conversation that's going to happen, it's like, okay, meet me in the sunglass room. Like there are so many aspects to what we watched on that show that we won't even get into because like you said, we don't have time, but also there were so many big things that we're now talking about, like the dynamics and the relationships and the trauma and Everything that like, we don't even have time to deep dive. Like I said to you, I know I'm all over the place here. I text you. I said, one of the craziest sentences I've ever heard in my entire life is when Paris dead serious said, I want the baby to know me before he's born. And so I'm having the surrogate watch the simple life. Like to me, that is one of my favorite sentences that has ever been said on television. But like, it just goes to show you, like, there's just so much here. No, there is so much here. I know. Now, can you understand why when I was on episode four or whatever and you hadn't even started yet, I was like chomping at the bit for you to begin because I could not deal with not having you to talk about it with. Like, And that's how Isabel felt because she watched it before either of us. And she was texting me every day, like, did you start? Did you start? And then once I finally started, we were talking the entire time because I, I, needed, I needed to be processing it in real time with someone. Going back to the Kardashian comparison, the way that I feel about the way the Kardashians operate in their day-to-day life, it's like, I can't believe somebody has the means and the ability to operate like this. Like when I see Kris Jenner and all of her Kris Jenner glory, it takes me back because I'm like, wow, like you live a life of such extreme opulence in a way that is so desirable in so many different aspects of it. Like when you walk into our house and you tour it, you're like, oh my God, like I could literally see myself sitting in your kitchen, having a full buffet, talking to your chef. Like there, it, 
even if you don't fully align with the way the Kardashians live their life, there are so many and overwhelming amount of aspects to it that are desirable. Flying private, going on these incredible vacations, the ability to spend that much time with your family and be so close in and raise your kids as cousins, as if they're siblings. Like There are a lot of things there that are just, they blow me away to watch. What it is about Paris and the way that she operates is that like, I can't believe she operates like this because I can't believe she operates like this. It has nothing to do. I could have all of the money in the world, all of the fame in the world. I would never use it or think to use it in the way that Paris does. And so watching her do that, she is one of one. She is the single only person in the entire world that operates in the way that she operates. Right. And it's all of that juxtaposed with being a Hilton and the idea we have in our minds of what being a Hilton means. You know, her sister's now a Rothschild. Because Nikki operates like what you would think a Hilton Rothschild operates like. She offsets the ridiculousness that you see with Kathy in Paris with a weird sense of normalcy. However, the way that she carries herself and the way that she operates and the things that she does are very, very Hilton Rothschild-esque. Right. And I mean, let me just be very clear. It is physically impossible to have the conversation about the way, you know, Paris lives her life in terms of just evaluating the the physical nature of her surroundings without discussing the way trauma plays a role in that. It is not lost on me that while there may have been an affinity regardless to stuffed animals and more childlike belongings, there's certainly a connection there with in a lot of ways, how her childhood was ripped from her with some of the experiences that she went through. I'm not pretending to be you know, a therapist in terms of being able to analyze that perfectly or evaluate that, nor would I, but it's not simple enough to just talk about, I think what a lot of people in her life brush off as just like, oh, that's just Paris being ridiculous without you know, at least holding space for like the fact that there is more than likely a far deeper meaning there. Well, you know how they always say that celebrities are frozen at the age they got famous at? I also know it's something that trauma survivors have experienced as well, where they can sometimes have that same experience of feeling somewhat frozen at the age that they experienced their trauma at. And I think something that you see a lot with Paris is the combination of those two things. Right. And so I just want to make sure that that's being acknowledged because I'm not going to sit here and separate what is her personality versus what is a result of the trauma she experienced versus what is a result of her potential rebellion to her parents? Like I, I'm not going to do that, and nor do I feel even remotely enough informed to do so. But I just know there's certainly a combination at play, and to pretend that there isn't, I think, is is just like inaccurate. The thing that I was also picking up on in terms of watching Paris and getting to know her is like I'm obsessed with her, like. When she talks about being iconic, like she is that iconic. It is one of the most fascinating, incredible, interesting people that has ever come across my TV screen. Like I I am telling you, like, first of all, season one, I'm pretty sure was 13 episodes. The fact that season two was only eight was a heartbreaking realization for me. Yeah, no, let's, let's not get it twisted. I am fucking obsessed with her. And as obsessed as I am with her is just as infatuated as I am with her. I mean, that, that's, really the only word that describes my reaction to watching Paris Hilton, just pure infatuation. Yeah. That's how I feel too. Infatuation, fascination, obsession. It's, it's everything. So there are obviously so many different reasons that a person would want to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or maybe you just want to pick up a new skill or hobby. 
Or maybe you're like me and at one point you were almost fluent in Spanish and then you kind of lost it and are trying to get it back. Whatever the reason, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really immerses you in the language that you want to learn, which again, for me was Spanish. And I was kind of relearning, I guess I could say, because I really do feel that when I was abroad there, I had it so much better. And my dad would always tell me, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I kind of lost it. So first of all, number one about Rosetta Stone, they have been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Second of all, it's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. It's no English translation. So you're really learning to speak, listen, and think in that language, which for me, that's when I always could feel it clicking when I noticed myself really thinking in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you're picking up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it really is designed for long-term retention. Also, speech recognition. So they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. There are desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's a 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routine simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year. And this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. By the way, her med spa room, talk about a place we would fuck up. Oh, you mean this living spa? Literally where dreams come true. I so badly want to sit in that infrared sauna. I want that cryo machine. I want that red light. Like one of the first things I did while watching was just going through her following and following every esthetician, every facialist, every masseuse. You know, I know that she knows what she's doing in that regard. And I am very, very curious to experience that on some level. I need to recover from surgery in this living spa. Like, I bet that red light would be amazing for you. It's very healing. I thought about it the entire time. I was like, I'm having surgery on Tuesday. I need to be at the living spa on Wednesday. 
<laughs> she could really do something with that. You know, like if there were a franchise of sliving spas, I'll tell you one place that I would be going. Bury me. Yeah, I know. I mean, okay. It's also like, honestly, I could talk about Carter the entire time. I know we're not going to, because also realistically, like, let's just call it like it is. As much as when we're on here, I, I like fully forget that people are going to listen. You can't entirely on a podcast talk the way you would talk if it's just alone with a friend because it's like going everywhere. So yeah, obviously there are some fucking things that I think are so deeply, unbelievably bizarre that I'm keeping in right now, but don't think that I'm not thinking them. At the same time, my actual consensus, and I said this to you, that I was, I could not believe that at the end of it, specifically starting off from season one, episode one, where I was so like just oh, by this guy, I don't even know the right word for it. I can't believe that my conclusion after the end was, you know what? All that being said, I still think this is the guy I'm choosing for her somehow. And I truly mean that in my core. I do too. That's what's the craziest thing. Right. And I think so much of it comes from the fact that he, in a lot of ways, treats her like he's her fan. And I think that in a lot of relationships with celebrities and where their partner isn't a celebrity, that would be an overwhelmingly negative thing. It's not at all here. She needs somebody who gets it, who gets her, who gets, because, okay, God, I have so many things to say. Something that I think that I've really learned about Paris in terms of this journey that she has been on in the last couple of years to really show the world her true self is that. There is a version of her that we were not privy to for so long. There is a very intelligent, hardworking, very smart, like uh, very different version of her than that was presented to the media. However, there are aspects of her that are just who she is. The sliving, the loves it, the iconic nature, the loving, you know, the aspects that go into being her, the interior design of her home, the sunglasses room, like all of those things are not an act that is truly, truly to her core, who she is and who she wants to be. And so it's not this situation where she could be with somebody who didn't approach her in that kind of understanding of Paris sort of way, or didn't approach her in that fan sort of way, because to have that would mean that she would go home at the end of the day and all of those aspects that make Paris Paris are only things that she presented to the public. And then in the safety and the comfort of her own home, she operated differently. She doesn't in that regard. And so she needs somebody who the way that she is to the public and the way that she is when we're seeing her on Instagram and TikTok and in interviews, she needs somebody who can approach her that exact same way when she's sitting at home in bed doing nothing. Yes. Yes. And in a lot of relationships, I find that kind of duality of being both a fan and a partner very off-putting. Yet somehow with Paris, I kind of feel like it's necessary because she so clearly wants to be, and it would only work if she was the star of the relationship. You know, she needs someone who is so down to let her do her thing, let her be not just a celebrity, but let her be Paris fucking Hilton and refers to her as Paris fucking Hilton. A lot of celebrities don't want that, specifically want someone who is very uninvolved in that aspect of their lives. That's not what Paris wants, truly. I mean, of course she, she doesn't want someone who loves her for that, but she needs, she needs someone that 
views her as the icon that she is and wants to take on the brand as much as they want to take on her personally. And he's very down to, you know, let that Paris Hilton persona kind of come first. And that's where I noticed a lot of the elements of control come into play that I was picking up on where it almost was like sometimes he acted as her manager. Oh, very much so. I mean, if we want to talk about it from a purely logistical level, how many times did he pop in asking her what, in theory, a manager would ask? You know, Paris, can you just record this one video for X? Can we just get that one post up now? Look over that caption one more time. If good, I'll post. You know, kind of the role of a manager slash publicist slash kind of assistant or social media manager in a lot of ways. She is a full staff. She doesn't need him for that role. I, I, But I don't think that she finds that to be bothersome. I don't think that's him inserting herself in a way that she doesn't want him involved. I think she is very happy to not have to be the one that is physically pressing post on the baby announcement or on the, you know, video for her book signing. Like, I think this is set up in exactly the way that she wants it. I think so too. By the way, the Kathy Carter of it all is very necessary to talk about because Kathy has obviously come around in the sense that she's on some level accepted that this is the partner Paris chose, but it's certainly not the most natural relationship you've ever seen. You see Carter really struggle between wanting to respect Kathy for being the matriarch of the family and Paris's mother and Kathy Hilton, and then also really work to establish the boundaries of his own nuclear family and I think in a lot of ways also reinforce some of the boundaries that Paris wants yet feels uncomfortable in establishing herself. Like th- that whole thing is, is also something to explore because in terms of like, they're showing us a lot, but they're not showing us everything. They're not showing us Kathy calling up Nikki to vent and talk shit about Carter, which I'm sure happens all the fucking time. That is some shit that I would like to see more of, the Kathy-Nikki relationship, because what is fascinating about that is that they seem to have a much more open dialogue with each other. They seem to be, I don't want to say more involved than Kathy in Paris, because it's not that, but what it is is that I think that Nikki would have a much harder time than Paris did keeping that secret from, from Kathy. Paris struggled with that and she definitely distanced herself from the people in her life during that period when she was attempting to keep that secret because it was weighing on her because keeping a secret like that is very difficult. Even if you're doing it for the right reasons and even if it's your choice to have to every single day hide a huge aspect of your life from the people you are closest to, you are naturally going to be creating a rip. And what I think that I was picking up on with Paris and Kathy I don't even think what I was picking up on what is so clearly evident in their relationship is that while it was difficult to keep that secret because it involved making a riff a little bit further, it wasn't unnatural. Paris spoke about that. She said a lot of her life was spent hiding things from Kathy. A lot of her life was spent keeping secrets from her. That is not the relationship that Nikki and Kathy have. They are very open in the sense of Nikki wouldn't hide or be comfortable or be able to hide something like that from Kathy. However, what's interesting about it is that Kathy and Nikki could not be more different. And Kathy and Paris, in many, many ways, could not be more similar. Well, I mean, there's so many things at play here. First of all, part of the reason that Nikki and Kathy are able to have this relationship is because while on some level Nikki is avoidant as well, Paris and Kathy are hands down the two most avoidant in the family. So that combination certainly does not breed very open communication. If anything, Kathy is taking a page out of Nikki's book in terms of 
being able to have some of those conversations. It's almost like, I don't love this phrase, but it's almost like in their relationship, Nikki's more of the adult kind of. And because of that, she brings that out of Kathy on some level. But also, you know, what certainly cannot be ignored is the fact that as as Paris said to Nikki, she had a very different experience with her parents growing up. Paris's entire life was spent hiding things from Kathy and feeling judged by Kathy in a lot of ways. And existing in fear of potential disappointment or carrying a lot of shame because knowing that withholding was easier than sharing because of the reaction that would have come from sharing. And so that certainly plays a role here. You know, Paris isn't just like this out of nowhere. She's like this in a lot of ways because of the experiences that shaped her into handling things in this way because of what went on in her in her upbringing. I mean, even, even here when she shares all of the traumas in the book and and to have that conversation really was like pulling teeth all around. But here you have Kathy, you know, feeling so upset that, well, one, in a lot of ways, centering herself in the conversation, which is kind of a separate thing, but feeling so upset that Paris didn't share it. Meanwhile, look at the reaction all of these years later that she's having when it finally is being shared. You know, it's like there wasn't a safe space for Paris to go to be able to share. At the same time, there's a lot of judgment and shame being put on her for not feeling comfortable to share. Yeah. It's kind of like a damned if she does, damned if she doesn't thing. And I understand, and this is this is where I have a lot of, I try to have a lot of, you know, sensitivity and grace to the fact that this is a reality show they are putting on they are putting on display the most personal interactions that are that are happening. So this is raw. You know, they're certainly not putting out what they think is going to do well or or be received well and I can have a lot of respect for that. That which is why I'm choosing to have a lot of grace in this conversation meaning I don't know if I'd want some of my most raw moments necessarily filmed and put out to the world. However, because we're seeing it, I think it's fair to be able to talk about it and what I my my huge takeaway was like no offense, Kathy, but this, this isn't about you, you know? And so of course I understand Paris feeling such a hesitation with wanting to share. I I, I mean, aside from everything else that comes with, with traumas, additionally, because she has a parent who on some level really kind of dominates the conversation in terms of how it impacts her. And so, I mean, I'm really trying to both process this in real time, talk as openly as physically possible, and then also have the knowledge of like, they had a camera following them during some of the most uncomfortable conversations. And like, I am actively trying to have some sensitivity for that, but it's, it's, I'd be lying to you if I said this wasn't deeply jarring for me to witness. No, it was, it was a lot to watch. And by the way, the way that I felt about Kathy's reactions is that I both thought she centered herself in so many of the conversations with Paris and also in certain instances, not all of them, but in certain instances also kind of had every right to, you know what I mean? Like the idea of finding out the most deeply intimate personal aspects of your child's life alongside the media and from an excerpt from an article that's about to come out with absolutely zero warning is probably one of the most jarring, upsetting things that you could ever experience as a parent. And so I was really also sensitive to the fact that there was so much about what Kathy was saying, which was so clearly explanatory as to why Paris wouldn't have come to her as a teenager. 
and wouldn't have told her these things in the first place and probably had a very difficult time opening up to her about them at all. But I was also very aware of what it would be like to be a parent and find out something deeply traumatic and terrible happened to your child and you didn't have any sort of heads up as to what you were going to be reading. It's it's an impossible situation all around. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think either position are even remotely easy. I just, what I responded most negatively to in terms of the reaction I noticed in my body was feeling as though in some of these really hard moments, while I could understand Kathy's pain, I did not like how at times there was this air of blame towards Paris because I felt in that moment, while I had a lot of compassion for what I can imagine was deeply heartbreaking for Kathy and very jarring for her to have to endure, I felt that there needed to first be the overwhelming compassion and comforting of Paris before diving into any of that. And I think that was what I was picking up on the most strongly, I would say. It's like, I I fucking get that. I mean, I obviously have not personally experienced being a parent in that type of a role, but I, she's not, of course, like, you know, anyone can see that. I just, as Paris said, like, I just want my mom to, you know, hug me and tell me it's going to be okay. And I felt like while maybe they got there in some ways, how that wasn't the overwhelming or at least the leading reaction really kind of took me back. And I also like had this really strange thing that was happening to me while watching of just like, I mean, obviously I always miss my mom, but like really fucking missing my mom watching this because I was feeling so like grateful for her warmth and my ability to feel comfortable coming to her with anything. And I, and I recognize that's not an experience that every child is, is fortunate enough to have. And I would just like, was really, really, you know, even more tuned into that. I don't know. This was like an immersive experience is the only really way I know how to describe watching this. First of all, like a million percent agree with what you're saying in terms of Kathy's reaction. It was like her shock took precedent to Paris's trauma and it shouldn't have been that way while her shock was still understandable. Her being in that position was an understandable reaction. It just, like you said, it should have been put on the back burner and addressed at some point while overwhelmingly supporting Paris and showing her an incredible amount of love. Because if it was traumatic to hear about, it's more traumatic to have gone through. So that was the first thing. But Yeah, I under, I completely understand you having that reaction with your mom too, because I just think that when you are watching something like Paris and the way that she operates and the relationship that she has, especially with her mom, especially being so foreign of a concept in a lot of ways, it's like, you can't help but put yourself in that position to try and almost make sense of certain things. Well, in just in terms of the Paris and Kathy versus Nikki and Kathy. And again, you know, it's impossible to really try to evaluate this clearly because there's so much that goes into play. But I think it was Nikki that said this in one of her confessionals, something to the effect of like, on some level, Paris, you know, is still afraid of, of Kathy in some ways. Whereas I think at this point in their lives, Nikki almost views Kathy more as her equal. Of course, she's always going to be her mom, but it's more of like a leveled playing field. Whereas I think with Paris and Kathy, Paris very much reverts back to that teenage self that was feeling as though she was constantly disappointing them, that was constantly being scolded, you know, that was feeling judged. It's a, it's a totally, totally different relationship. And thus it complicates these conversations even more. Completely. Yeah. 
I mean, also, and I'm not trying to get into this, honestly, because I do not know enough about this to be able to speak intelligently. And it's something I just want to mention and then move on from. You also can't talk about the Paris and Kathy and kind of how Kathy is without at least wondering what it was like with her and her mom. And I know when she's talking to Paris and Nikki about it, she says that she felt comfortable going to her with anything. So I'm I'm certainly not here to rewrite her narrative about her relationship with her mother, but I have to imagine some things went on there that of course now dictate the way in which she operates specifically with her daughters. I know on some level, you know, Kyle, her sister has spoken about this in terms of just it being a complicated relationship. And so I don't want to get into it, but I just want to mention that that is, of course, a factor that I have to imagine influences some of this. And, you know, whatever extent Kathy feels comfortable talking about it, she does. And just totally switching gears. The other thing I have to acknowledge about this show that I thought was really fucking rare in terms of what we typically get from celebrities was how honest Paris was about the involvement of the baby nurse. And like, I I swear to God, I'm not saying that from a judgmental place. I more so mean, do you know how many celebrities have so many people helping them raise their children yet do everything in their power to conceal that from the public or to to conceal the degree to which that's happening from the public? And I understand with Paris, it's maybe a unique case, but she didn't have to show all of that in the way that she did. She didn't have to let us in on the insight that one month after Phoenix is born, she's first changing a diaper. And so that I'm not coming at it from the angle of, of shaming her, judging her, any of that. I'm more so saying it is fucking shocking for a celebrity to really show that. Think about what we talk about constantly, the illusion that is always being sold to us in terms of things just happen. And a lot of the times what goes into making things happen is very invisible for the purpose of wanting to sustain a certain narrative. Like Paris is completely shameless and basically telling us, yeah, you know, this woman is partially raising my kid. Like you at least, whether if you, if you have a lot to say about that or you have nothing to say about it, you at least have to acknowledge and call out how fucking rare that is for a celebrity to show us that. You're a hundred percent correct in terms of the rarity of, of showing that. And Paris says it, I think it's in the second episode when she's like, everybody has a baby nurse. Every single person lies and says they do it on their own or doesn't show that aspect of it. Like I'm not doing that. Every single person has this, not every single person ever, just in terms of celebrities. In the beginning of the episode, when I said that there was an incredible amount of honesty that Paris displayed. And a lot of it was not even things that she would necessarily think she was being so honest in doing. I think that aspect of it is probably the thing that I'm referring to the most. Yes, completely. I mean, that moment where Nikki and the baby nurse Gina are teaching her how to change Phoenix's diaper a month into his life Mm -hmm. was, I think, if you're asking Paris, a throwaway scene. You know, that was just a, a... two minutes, neither here nor there. That was not a throwaway scene. No, no. (laughs) Exactly what you said in terms of like, while there was so much conscious honesty, there was a lot of subconscious honesty that was taking place. And yes, the, the way that whole thing went down was certainly a big factor there. I'm unwilling to express any judgment on that. Like I'm just not, it's not something I'm doing, but it's certainly something I have not stopped thinking about. I, I feel the same way. Also, I got to tell you, at the end, when she decided that she was going to do the same thing with London in terms of not telling anyone, 
I really wasn't rooting for one conclusion or the other, you know, while they were talking about what they were maybe going to do. I was like, whatever works for you. I thought at that point, maybe it would have been nice to have the familial involvement, but if she didn't want it, I of course fully respected it. I was, it's a weird word to use, but I was proud of her for sticking with what she wanted to do, even in the face of Kathy so explicitly voicing how upset it would make her. And I don't mean that in like, you know, I'm glad Paris did the thing that was going to piss off her mom. I don't mean it in like a rebellious way. I'm more so mean. I wanted Paris to make the decision that felt right for her, removing how she thought anyone was going to react. And I felt like her deciding to do that with London was really representative of like a a level of independence. Because I don't subscribe to Kathy's belief that it's Carter. I don't think it was Carter in her ear telling her that. I truly think with this particular thing, he was down for anything. And I think it was Paris that made that decision. And so like, while I don't know if it's what I would have done, I I can feel it's not what we would have done. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm saying I can I can feel for her that she did the thing that she wanted to do. Yes. And you know? by the way, I was shocked by Kathy's reaction that she was seemingly okay with it. Like she didn't try to fight her on it. She was just like, "Okay, you know what? It's your decision. It's what you want. It's your story." Yeah. Yeah. I also I can't believe it's like, obviously we would have never been there, duh. But in retrospect, I'm like, oh my God, I would have fucking done anything to be at that concert, right? I can't believe we weren't there. Honestly, I can't. I literally, Julie wakes up the next morning and she sees I had DM'd Mikey Minden being like, no, why am I crying in Paris in Love right now? No one does it like you. Like I was having a full body reaction to watching them kill it so hard. That was one of the funniest things that I've ever woken up to. Wait, can I also tell you what one of the greater disappointments of my life was? What? When they're obviously having a conversation in the sunglass room, because that's where all deep conversations take place. And Kathy walks in and she's like, um, Kim is in the nursery feeding Phoenix. Like she wants you to come in. And I'm like, oh baby, here we go. And we walk in and it's Kim Richards. One of the greatest disappointments of my life was walking in and not seeing Kim Kardashian sitting in that rocking chair feeding the baby. Well, you knew it wasn't going to be Kim Kardashian when she said, yeah, but do you have a hat for her? Her hair just, does, her hair just doesn't look yeah. great today. You think that Kim Kardashian is coming over to Paris Hilton's house knowing that there's cameras there or not knowing there are cameras there with her not a fresh Chris Appleton blowout? I don't fucking think so. That was the no. dead giveaway the second she said that. I know. When Kim ever needed a hat to conceal a bad hair day? That doesn't happen. No. As soon as she said the hat, I knew it wasn't Kim, but... And by the way, that hat made things a lot worse. I know. I was going to say, Kathy, just... Let it rip. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Also the fact that like for the first however many months of his life, he's in the the blandest nursery. Like the, it is white walls and the party city, it's a boy. It was just him and Gina and, you know, f- four, four walls and some Vaseline. Like you would expect in theory when you're envisioning, oh, what is a, what is a Hilton nursery? You know, we're thinking the full nines. We're thinking exactly what they outlined in the interior design meeting. But because of the extent to which they wanted to do it, you know, their way, that wasn't a factor. And I know in the scheme of things, it's such a superficial element, but that was shocking for me, you know, because she's right. If it was Kathy doing it, if it was Kathy tuned in, she would have had that nursery done to the fucking nines before his arrival. Like that alone, I think probably sent her that element. You know, the fact that the baby was born and there wasn't a baby blue or mez blanket on the crib when he walked in. Like so many of the, the, in the scheme of things, significantly less important elements yet were very telling things. First of all, by the way, like that baby was like four months old by the time 
the season ended and they still hadn't done the nursery. Right. Which in the be- if someone told me that prior to watching the show, I would have been shocked. After watching the show, I'm like, yeah, of course it wasn't. That was the other reason that I couldn't believe that when it came to London, that she wasn't going to tell people because I was like, I could totally see her not wanting to tell Kathy. I could totally see her wanting to do it in the exact same way again. I couldn't have predicted this desire to do it again and then not have the nursery ready. I know. I also was feeling like, isn't it? I mean, there's so many rooms in this house. Like, can you just kind of zone off an area? Like not every single person needs to be going into every single room. I don't know. It's, it's very chaotic. Like, yeah. And, and the amount of, the amount of storage units that she has. And these, as Isabel said, like these aren't Kim storage units, you know, these aren't every single thing outlined, organized, filed, digitally scanned. I think that those storage units would send Kim. I mean, no, I'll tell you one thing. Those storage units would send Khloe Kardashian into a fucking coma. They'd send Isabel Greenberg into one too. Yeah. For real. It's an us. Wait, there was something else that I was going to say. There was like, oh, I know what I was going to say. Do you think that Paris has discovered the garbage bags from Party City yet? Oh my God. We got to tell her if not. I can appreciate her love of Party City and I am on board for that shit too. Her at Party City pre-baby was us at Party City pre-my dad's 70th birthday. Yeah. When she turned around and was like, yeah, I'm just keeping the economy alive. Like that was me getting those balloons for my dad's 70th. We fucked up that party city. We fucked up that party city. That party city has never seen anything like it. POV, you are the cutest little Uber driver in the entire world. You're picking up two girls at a Delray Beach party city with like 15 balloons being shoved into your Kia Soul. That, that guy. That's niche. Yeah, that's niche. That guy lived a life that day. But he knew all about my dad by the time we arrived at our destination. Every <laughs> Uber driver does. <laughs> He's driving away. And happy birthday to your father. <laughs> God, that's funny. Oh, God, this was nuts. I know. I know we didn't even scratch the surface. I know. Please don't be mad, guys. I know there's a million more things we didn't mention. Trust me. If it was up to us, we'd be doing this. But I know not everyone's watching. But like, holy fuck. I'm glad we dedicated the entire episode to it, though. We needed to. No, I mean, personally, I needed to for my own sanity. And let me just say, like, getting out of the headspace of being so fucking fascinated that all I want to do is, like, evaluate and psychoanalyze, just the more general takeaway is with all of her stuff, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Paris as a person, as a businesswoman, as as she says, a professional icon. And specifically in terms of what we saw here in her vulnerability in not only sharing her trauma. And then on top of that, doing the thing that was very triggering, I have to imagine very re-traumatizing by really working towards legislative action to prevent what happened to her from happening to so many other children. And so I, I just want to say like totally hats off to her and thank you for putting cameras in your house during this time, because holy fuck, that was unbelievably interesting. That was must-watch television. Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt, and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm going to tell you again, and I'm honestly not going to stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowen brand sheets get softer with every wash which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, 
it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company, first of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic on and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantees. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at BowlandBranch.com. That's BowlandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, so one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which as we know is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. I'll tell you right now, Jeremy Allen White and Rosalia, not on my bingo card for dating, but goddamn am I into it. No, I mean, I would certainly consider this a plot twist of a couple, but I am, I am here for watching this unfold a little bit. I'll tell you right now, and for anyone who didn't see this, I'll put the link in the description, but the photo of them smoking a cig in that parking lot with their feet intertwined, that right there is all I need. Like, I, There's no really words that even need to be said. It's just like, let's look at that photo and tell us everything we need to know. I feel like if I'm Sushi Park, I need to start putting up plaques of every major news story that is broken as a result of leaving my restaurant. Like the fact that in the past couple of months, we have gotten Jeremy Allen White and Rosalia holding hands, leaving a dinner date at Sushi Park. We've got Kendall and Bad Bunny confirming their relationship by leaving Sushi Park. We have Kylie and Jordan at Sushi Park. Like Sushi Park is where it's fucking at. Right. All of those plus the Taylor Swift, Selena Gomez, Zoe Kravitz outing. I mean, nothing prepares you for going to LA, driving past Sushi Park and realizing this restaurant that has been the home to so many iconic pop culture outings is quite literally in a strip mall in West Hollywood. You know, you expect Sushi Park when hearing about it has the curb appeal of a Nobu. Meanwhile, you would never think twice on just a casual walk by, but there's something, there's something in that spicy tuna that's drawn everyone in. Nothing prepares you for LA in general 
And Sushi Park is the most, and I haven't even been, I am just talking about the literal structure of Sushi Park, is the most all-encompassing representation of the confusion that is Los Angeles. As far as I'm concerned, yes, that is exactly how, how I would phrase it. But yeah, I mean, who knows what's happening here in terms of Rosalie and, and you know, I was about to say Jeremy. And then I was like, if you're talking to him first name, is it Jeremy Allen or is it just Jeremy? He's Jeremy Allen White. Some people are full name people. You know how I feel about that? Carter Ream is a full name person. When they kept saying Phoenix Baron Hilton Ream, I kept wanting to say Phoenix Baron Hilton Carter Ream. I no, I get that, but I'm asking you honestly, if you're Jeremy Allen White's friend, is it it's just Jeremy? Right? Yeah, it's just Jeremy. Yeah, Jer. All right, Jer. Yeah, like I can't imagine you're saying three names in bed. <laughs> no, but you know, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking if I was dating a Jeremy, I don't know. For some reason, Jer isn't coming natural to me. Because it's so Jerry-esque. Maybe it's and maybe because my grandpa's name was Jerry. I think that's why I may be struggling a little. Mm. I can understand mm. that. And Jeremy yeah. also in and of itself is a multiple syllable name. So then you're going to be a three named multiple syllable first name. Like you're really creating like a lot of confusion here for a lot of work for people here. By the way, as far as I'm concerned, that's lip period. Yeah, that's lip. That's lip. Yeah. Let's, let's just call it a day. Also want to say, I know we storied from Renaissance. It was Isabel that went to see it. Julie and I have not seen it yet. But Isabel and I are going to try to take Julie this week or next post her surgery. Uh, so stay tuned for us talking about that. We just can't talk about it because we didn't see it ourselves, but we will be going to see it very soon. I was supposed to see it with Isabel. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Julie. <laughs> no, I, you know oh. what? If I had a, <laughs> I don't mean this, but I'll say it. If I had to break my leg in order for us to all see it together, I can maybe call it worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the Balenciaga Erwin collab, which I have nothing to say. Like, honestly, I'm not trying to engage in a conversation about this other than talk about sending a Victorian child into a coma. I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) Talk about all-encompassing of LA. But you know what? It's not even LA specific. It's New York too. Every single thing is a collab. If I brought somebody from the city or from LA to a Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins, they would think it was a collab. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Every fucking thing is a collab, yet the seriousness with which this was presented, which I honestly can respect. Like, yes, you got Kim Kardashian, Nicole Kidman, Cardi B, Kendall Jenner. The list goes on. Lil Wayne sitting there holding these Erewhon paper bags with the Balenciaga on the side as if we are front row Dior. Like, Hats off to you to being able to do that. But I just did not expect, you know, charcoal juice to really take on such a fashion intensity. But we should have, considering LA. Considering, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We absolutely should have. And by the way, it gave us great content. So I'm nothing but grateful, but it was just, it was just something, you know? Victorian child's coma. I know there's so many things. Yeah. Paris Ellen would put a Victorian child into a coma. Paris Ellen would put my fucking dad into a coma. No? Paris Helen almost put me into a coma, actually. You're right. Exactly. Also, just want to mention, according to E! News, Kylie apparently attended the after party for the London premiere of Wonka. And also, right before we started recording this, there was footage of Taylor in Green Bay for the game. So 
both of those couples that are giving us life at the moment are very much alive and well. It's so funny with Kylie and Timothy because like, I, I'm still in that phase of like, okay, show me something. And I saw them with my own two eyes. No, I get it. It's like, I know we got that content in the beginning. I know we've been getting bits and pieces that it's happening, but give it to me straight. Like I am ready for a Beyonce style outing. I'm ready for a US Open round two. Give me a red carpet. Like I am ready to have that reaction where I audibly gasp, grab my phone and our group chat is just going wild. Like that's the kind of energy that I'm needing from Kylie and Timothy. And I I know it's going to come. I crave it so deeply. I crave it. It'll get there. Don't worry. No, I know. Because it's already gotten there. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just about getting there again. Oh, Oh, I cannot believe I didn't mention this. I just got to say, the feeling of being tagged in everyone's Spotify rap from last week is something that never gets old, never gets less cool, never does not turn into us just screenshotting every single one and sending it to one another because we are so in disbelief that people take that much time out of their days, their weeks to listen to us. Like it is truly something we cannot fully comprehend. And for everyone who tagged us, who sent us, and even for people who didn't, but just listen, I mean, I know we say it all the time, but on a day like that, when just the influx of it is so strong, it's not lost on us what that means to choose to spend parts of your day listening to someone. Like that's a very intimate experience. You're going about your day and there's just these two fucking girls talking about God knows what in your ear. And so thank you for allowing us to spend that time with you. And thank you for sharing it with us because truly, truly every single year, it is a highlight of our years and this was no exception. So I just wanted to definitely make sure that we said that because holy fuck, that was crazy. It never fucking gets old. It never gets old. It doesn't. I mean, the people that were sending us like, you listen for 13,000 minutes, you are in the top 0.5%. I'm like, oh my God, I I actually can't believe that's real. And also like, are you guys okay? (laughs) I know. Like, you know, like literally we're like, you You don't don't have have to, to, right? You don't have to. You like totally don't have to. (laughs) Okay. That's crazy. My dad's like, wow, I guess people like what you guys have to say. Like, I, what? I can't believe it can't believe it i know okay guys we love you thank you for listening and we'll see you later this week so i'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life like generally speaking there's pretty much nothing i wouldn't rather be told straight up but specifically when i'm buying something or paying for a service I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.